The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Welcome to the Raiders Press Pass, your credential to all things silver and black. How are we doing? Josh, I have a process question for you. As you're putting together your roster, how much goes into a coach and general manager's mind of, boy, if we can't, you know, this is a guy who may develop into something into the future. We probably can't cut him and get him on a practice squad. How much of that goes into just this year? Um, I would say a lot, um, you know, because you're trying to think of what's best for the team now. Uh, you're also trying to think about what's best for the team as we go forward. Um, you can't just do everything in a short-term window. And so we know that, you know, there are some young players that are developing that ultimately they are not what they're going to be yet. But you have to make an educated decision on whether or not you feel like, you know, through continued work and effort from the player and the coaches, uh, that they're going to, you know, that'll change for the better in certain ways um, and ultimately impact the team. Obviously, some of that has to do with, you know, the construction of the salary cap and, you know, cost, et cetera. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, some are trying to figure out, you know, how you can put together your best 69 or 70 players to work with continuing to work with guys on the practice squad so certain decisions you know you try to do the best you can on those two nothing's ever a sure thing when you release a player or and try to get him on the practice squad but um you know that's basically what this next so many days is about is trying to figure out how do we put the best uh, group of guys together that we can continue to work with through the course of the season, develop understanding that a number of those guys that start in the practice squad will ultimately eventually play for us um, as they did last year. We saw a number of guys like that in that role eventually contribute in multiple ways on our team last year. So a lot that goes into it. Uh, it's not a simple thing. It's uh, always a tough day, uh, a cut down day. Um, you know, there's, feelings and all that kind of stuff involved. But this year in particular, as you're kind of, I'm sure, you know, you're, you're formulating thoughts on that and everything, but it feels like there's going to be some difficult cuts uh, this year with some good players that might not be able to make the 53-round roster. Do you kind of get that feeling that this is going to be one of the more difficult ones? Um, I think it's always difficult. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of, there's a human side of that, that, you know, regardless of who you release, um, you know, they've, they've done a lot of work. Um, they put a lot of effort, time, energy uh, into competing and trying to do the best thing for the team and trying to improve themselves. So there's a tremendous amount of respect that, that's involved with all of our players, regardless of whether they make the roster, um, we put them on the practice squad, or ultimately they go somewhere else. Um, you have a tremendous feeling for the, those guys um, because of all that they've done to try to help you and your team be better. So I don't really think um, it would be unfair for me to sit here and say this year's decisions will be harder than last year's. Um, because I kind of look at them all, they're all not fun, um, to go through. 
uh, at the end of the day, uh, because like I said, there's a human element to it. Um, the goal for us will, will, will be always to try to make every one of them difficult because we've added, we've added competition, you know, in every, every room at every spot. And so I hope that there, I hope we want to keep, you know, 80 guys, you know what I mean? And not, you know, there's 47 that we like, and we're trying to figure out who the other six are. I don't think we're going to be in that boat. I think there's going to be a number of players we would love to keep. Uh, as I mentioned, that's kind of go where it goes into the 53 plus, you know, 16, 17 extra guys where you're saying, how can we construct this thing? So where we have the best group of players going forward. How much does it change with the third quarterback? Um, I mean, it just depends whether you feel like that's a necessity in a specific, in a specific week or a game. Um, again, if you carry a third quarterback on the roster, then you have the ability to do that. Obviously, um, you know, it doesn't really affect you if you don't have one on the roster. So, um, you know, some teams will choose to do it. Some teams won't. We've chosen to do both things in the past where I've been and last year, you know, so, um, you know, we'll see how it kind of unfolds, but I think each team will make it their own decision. The, the, the rule, um, you know, the, the reason I think one of the reasons why the rule was put into play, obviously, is a very unique situation, you know, uncommon. Uh, we all know that. So I don't know that everybody will overreact to it and then carry three guys just because of what happened last year. Just real quick on that, because I think you have to designate who that number two is. Mm -hmm. But I would feel as a coach that you might, if you have three quarterbacks and you have two that are on the sidelines, it might be a gut feeling like in that particular game what the best option might be. Like you might have a young guy who you're building for for the future, but also maybe a veteran, like in your case, where, geez, in the middle of a game, that might be the best option to go to. There's no question that you have to figure out exactly how you feel based on the week and or the situation. Um, you know, it wasn't the same rules, but long time ago, um, you know, we had Flutie and Castle. And, and Doug was a veteran player, obviously, and, you know, and Matt was a, a, a young player. And so, you know, you're making choices based on, um, you know, how you would feel about, you know, what happens in the third quarter versus if we had an entire week to practice, et cetera. So, um, you know, you have to make decisions based on what you're, the information you have, um, and it might change. You know, it could change from one week to the next or one month to the next based on what we do at practice. Because, again, we've said before, like the competition won't stop for us. We'll continue to work and practice and everybody will get repetitions during the season also for that reason. I'm sorry for biting on the puck. No, you're good. Time. You're good. You're good. But, uh, I want to ask you about your first your second round pick. Uh, obviously, you haven't seen a whole lot of from Tyree, but he's back on the field. What have you seen from him that you like? And also, Michael Mayer, describe the progress you feel like he's made from, you know, rookie OTAs to where he's at now. Yeah. Um, Tyree's, uh, doing well, um, you know, excited to kind of, you know, continue to move forward here. Uh, we, we got, you know, a handful of individual reps last, uh, last week, got a couple one-on-ones as you guys saw. Um, and then yesterday we were able to kind of move forward into some team stuff and now we'll be pads. And so it's kind of, you know, progressing the way we wanted it to. And, uh, we'll keep being smart and diligent following the direction of the medical people there, but, um, he's doing great. Um, excited to continue that process with him. And Michael's just, um, you know, learning every day. Sponge um, works really hard. You guys got to talk to him. Yes, I mean, great attitude. Um, you know, really, really a quick study in terms of some of the things that you need to be able to, to do well. Um, you know, tight end's a tough position to play, you know, right off the bat, you know, and, and do, 
everything the way that it needs to get done at a, at a winning level, you know, cause you, know, you have to run block, pass, protect, you know, run routes, get open, you know, difference between man and zone, uh, different coverage, you know, read the safety, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that. So, um, he's hard at work at it, uh, making progress every day. Uh, Michael Mayer, he responded after that first rough day in pads that he's come along since then. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you can't really be physically tough unless you're mentally tough. So, you know, he, he had a, um, you know, a, a, an experience that was, you know, some would call it fun, some would call it educational, some would call it not, not so good. Um, but that's part of the, the NFL. You know, you go through it sometime. It, I'd rather happen in a practice than a game. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, he's – I thought his response that day was really good. You know what I mean? Didn't let it get him down. Didn't, you know, walk around with his head down. You know what I mean? So we're all going to get, you know, uh, the short end of the stick every once in a while in this league. There's really good players on both sides of the ball uh, on every play. So um, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But um, he's very resilient, tough, and has has had a great attitude since he's been here mentioned that Notre Dame, I'm sure this is pretty typical for college, is that the plays were one or two words. You know, and I know that at college, they, there's a time limit on how much you have to work with, with players at yeah. that level. So I'm sure that plays into it. But are you cognizant of that, you know, um, understanding what the what the, he thought, that learning curve might be, not just for him, but for everybody? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of teams that don't even have words because there's somebody on the sideline that are showing them, you know, signals or poster boards or pictures or whatever it is. So. Uh, we've been battling that for years now, um, just relative to the National Football League being more about huddling and, you know, play calls, et cetera. I think there's a demand for that uh, in our league relative to the, you know, look, there's I'm all for being simple. But, you know, you know, if you if you're too simple, you're going to get your butt kicked. You know what I mean? So there needs to be a, an element of sophistication involved uh, with with the game to some degree. I'm not saying overdo it, but to some degree. So um, we've had to we've dealt with that. I remember when uh, Jimmy, when we drafted Jimmy, um, I think I that was his first huddle, you know, and in many cases, sometimes their first snap from center. So, um, you know, th this has been upwards of 10 years plus, you know, relative to college football kind of heading in a different direction. Um, so we've had to navigate that, I'd say, with every rookie class we've had on both sides of the ball. Because sometimes there's, like I said, there's no huddling. Any update on Chandler Jones? No. Uh, well, again, we have a hand, I'd say a handful of guys that are getting closer. Um, I think he's in that bucket. So working through just, you know, trying to get right and, um, again, we, we had to we had to stretch a you know a number of days in pads that we were allowed to be in pads. So um, you know, there's probably six, eight, ten guys here that are continuing to work through it. So hopefully, we're getting closer. <clears throat> when you look at the process of building a team and you see veterans and, and the young guys, is there kind of a balance that you look for? Or is it just kind of a feeling out type process? You're talking about at the end of the when it's the, all said and done. Yeah, build that team. Um, like you have a pretty good blend right now of, of veterans yeah. and young guys. Yeah, um, I think there's probably that in every room, you know, competition-wise. Um, yeah, I think you have to consider all those factors. Um, you know, it's not easy. You know, Dave and Champ, I know, are going to talk to you guys tomorrow. And um, there's a lot that, you know, people, you, you can always kind of go through a bunch of different scenarios. And, um, you know, there's certain things that, you know, based on how long you have the player under contract versus somebody else who might not be, you know, if it's if it's like this, then it's, you have, it's an easy decision. If it's close, it's harder, you know. So um, 
always trying to look, like I said, past just tomorrow and this this next few you know months into the this season and and beyond. You know, because if you're going to do the right thing for the organization, it can't just be a short term view. So, um, not easy decisions, but all of those things will factor into it. Last year, you were trying to teach the standard. And this year, I asked Luke Masterson yesterday about Ebbs, Peters, and Spillane, and he said they set the standard. With all that you tried to do, how much better is it that now you, Dave's brought in free agents that know the standard and the team is setting it, you don't have to? Yeah, I think ultimately we've said from the beginning it's theirs. Um, we can only describe what we're looking for and what we want and try to hold them accountable to a standard of performance each day. At the end of the day, whatever we end up doing ultimately will be what they want the standard to be. You know, whether, you know, they, they, the way we work each week, how we play, how resilient we are when we're behind, um, how uh, ready to close the game out in the second half when we're ahead. Um, you know, how do you bounce back from a defeat? How do you handle victory and success? Um, you know, all of those things, there's a standard that will apply. And so at the end of the day, I, I can stand up there and talk all I want to. Um, you know, the players ultimately, they want to win. And so it's their standard when they get to the field and they know that. And we're responsible to put them in great positions and help them win. Uh, but I think our leadership has been fantastic. And some of the guys you mentioned, along with a number of other guys that have been here, you know, Colton Miller and Max Crosby, A.J. Cole, Daniel Carlson. I mean, we got a number of guys that have been uh, really assertive in terms of, you know, helping their rooms or their side of the ball really understand what they're looking for. Gary went on IR uh, yesterday. Was that from the game on Saturday? And then I guess how frustrating for somebody who's building it the way he was to, to lose that. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it's just for those guys, you know, to they work they worked their butt off, you know, and Darren was an undrafted guy and, you know, kind of, you know, made made his way into the games last year in a number of uh, phases and, um, you know, off season, kind of worked through the off season to get better and then had a decent training camp going. And then, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, we're lucky we haven't had more of them so far. Um, but, you know, just, you know, hurts for DB that, that, you know, he put a lot of work into this year and was hoping for some, some good results here and, um, you know, but if I know him, he'll attack the rehab process the right way and get back after it and hopefully be ready to go next spring. Paul, what was, sorry, what was his injury? Did you... <laughs> He's out. I know. It's a season ender. <laughs> a couple more. Paul, then, did not have Doug Flutie on my uh, bingo card for today. As you didn't. Today. Yeah. Um, but, um, what, what's the latest with, with Josh Jacobs right now? And then also, as far as Jimmy goes, mm -hmm. I don't know if we're going to talk to you again before the Dallas game, but do you still need to see him in, in game action or is he good to go? Uh, I have no update on JJ. Uh, nothing's changed there. So, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know that, that we are going to put some guys out there again. Um, like I said, the four joint practices really were huge for us. Um, you know, because I mean, the the there was a huge chunk of work that those guys got in those those practices. It was uh, really revealing to us. You know, a lot of things, good and bad, and and we've been able to gauge a lot off of that, and you know, limit the let's call it risk to some degree. You know, and we wanted to get out there last week and make sure we got out there and kind of played and looked each other in the eye in the huddle, and I thought that was all uh, done the right way with those guys. Uh, they approached it the right way, but. 
Um, we'll sit down tonight and finalize that, but I think there's going to be some guys that, that won't suit up, you know, or won't play. They'll suit up, but they won't, they won't play. And, and again, again, we have plenty of things to work through, you know, on the roster at a lot of positions. So it's going to be an important uh, day for us, um, but the ultimate decisions on who's going to finally play and all that, we're going to get to here shortly. I had a uh, kind of a minutiae question. Like a today's practice. A what? A minutiae. I come to this point. A minutiae question. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I'm leaving my You're question now. But, uh, prefacing your question. Today's practice. Will a group like the D-Line have like daily goals? And what goes into evaluation of their practice on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, I, it might not be like on a, on a printed out sheet, but, you know, each position coach, um, you know, in the morning – we have a squad meeting, kind of describe what we're going to do. You know, what, what are we going to try to accomplish for the day? You know, and then each coordinator has an opportunity to address the units that are, you know, that are under their control um, and kind of, you know, big picture what they're looking for, you know, from their side of the ball. So I'm kind of like above that. Then they're kind of, you know, zoning in. Then when the position coaches get their opportunity to meet with their groups, um, they're very specific on what they're looking for. You know, and so whether that be a technique or a fundamental that we need to address and improve quickly um, or some type of a situation that we maybe that group didn't necessarily handle as well the last time we did it, goal line, low red zone, third down, whatever it is, two minute. um, The position coach always has some real critical uh, things that he wants to leave his group with. and, And, you know, and then usually practice uh, I hope I'm giving you enough minutia uh, practice um, practice will reflect that you know so when we go to our individual drills those individual drills should reflect what the coach talked about in the morning then the group drills should reflect what the coordinator talked about in the morning and then ultimately the team drills will reflect what I talked about in the morning so um, you know there's your circle of life thanks for listening to the Raiders press pass For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com. Hi, I'm Renee Summerauer, digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather, and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the Valley. From Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube, and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com.